Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media. Welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the loss of the Cardinals, what it means for the QB position, and the ramifications of the offseason. Chris, how are you? Not bad at all, Mike. Not bad. Uh, After watching that game yesterday, there's actually some things to be optimistic about, some things not to be optimistic about, but you have to say, it was no matter what, it was a pretty entertaining game. How about you, man? Well, I, I think that's what we need to get into, right? I, I think uh, there's a lot of positive to take away and, you know, frankly, some reality checks as well. Uh, so let's get into that. So the Eagles lost to the Cardinals 33-26. to In my opinion, it was the most exciting game of the year. Uh, do you agree with that, Chris? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you, 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 as I mentioned yesterday, it was, it was a lot that was going on. You, you had... Big plays being made left and right by both offenses, and you look at the, uh, it, it looked like a Pac-12 game or a Big 12 game. The way it's, they, they kept going by, and the defenses weren't stopping anybody. It was, it, it was kind of a, it was kind of refreshing to see that type of offense being played. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for the first time, the Eagles kind of opened up on offense. Things were working. They were scheming guys open. They were. You know, Jalen Jalen Rager, uh, Jalen Hurts was making very strong reads. I mean, look, he he had his faults in this game. There's no question about it. But, you know, I give him a B plus for his performance. I I thought he really brought it. Look, taking the safety was bad news. The three fumbles that he recovered, not great. Did he miss a couple of guys down the field? Yes, excuse me. Um... But listen, he put up 338 yards against a pretty decent uh, Cardinals defense that dared him to throw the ball, and he did. Uh, He picked up another 63 yards and a touchdown uh, on the ground. Um, You know, we talked about it before that he, you know, I I said that I thought it was kind of a weak argument to say that he needs to be a better passer, but we just saw that he is a better passer uh, when given the opportunity. I was just blown away by this guy's resolve and his poise went down 16 nothing and leading a comeback drive uh early in that second quarter he got the game to a tie game even with you know a punter sideline a holder sidelined um and look I mean the Eagles were put in some rough spots in this game because of faults of their own um and injuries and I think this was really the most uh, you know, you don't believe in moral victories in the NFL, but this was probably the biggest moral victory loss you could have. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is very, very real. Um, there's tons that he has to work on and improve upon, but just his mental stability and his mental toughness, that's so huge in a league like this, uh, where you're seeing reports like Carson went from ESPN where Carson Wentz apparently uh, doesn't want to be here if he's not the starter and, and would want out. Um, there's been a conflicting report from the AP that he has not said that to anyone. But the bottom line is, is if those close around him want him out, there's a reason. Um, and for that to leak is not a great look, especially on a game day, especially before Jalen Hurts is going to make a second start. I don't really think that report helps anyone leak-wise, because if Jalen Hurts falls on his face against the Cardinals, 
you've it, that's come out and Carson looks like a bad guy for no reason. Um, now, if it leaked on week 17, I'd get it. But the Eagles are really on the cusp of being eliminated from the playoffs. They'll know if they'll be able to compete for the playoffs by, before their game against the Cowboys next Sunday as Washington will face the Panthers and the Giants will face the Ravens. If Washington loses to the Panthers, the Eagles essentially control their own destiny. Um, or they don't, actually. Sorry. The, the Giants, Cowboys, and Washington need to lose uh, at least once in the next two games. Um, Washington needs to lose both their next two games, which the Eagles will play them in week 17. The Giants either need to lose to the Ravens or lose to the Cowboys. The Eagles need to beat the Cowboys and the Red and Washington. So yeah, a lot to unpack there, uh, and not a very promising future for the playoffs, but a promising future at quarterback. And we also saw some young guys really step up. And I thought you really, uh, encapsulated the importance of that in your article this morning. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. I think uh, a lot of people did step up. Uh, I think, first off, I will say this. Uh, I think Doug Peterson did a better job play calling. I mean, it was, it was a little rough earlier on. It was some curious uh, decisions that he made, but I like the decision that they made. They they did a lot of tight end whams and tight end pulls as well, too. And they even pulled my lotto. I thought it did a great job. And I thought guys like uh, Dallas Goddard, I thought uh, Zach Ertz. I mean, that, I thought that was a great job that he did uh, re emerging. I mean, we were wondering what's happened to him. I mean, you know, he, we had, he had a fractured ankle, but ever since then he's been middling around and you saw what happens when he still get open. He can go ahead and make some plays. And I thought the guys like Quez Watkins helped support Hertz when he came to there. And the one thing I did see that Hertz did that I thought was really great was he took time to actually, he looked, as you mentioned, poised. He was comfortable in that pocket, even though it was getting a lot of rush from that right side, Matt Pryor. But he was getting a lot of rush from that right side. He was stepping up. He was going ahead. He was still scanning the field, scanning down the field and looking to throw first. And that was one thing I think you see a lot of rookies when they don't have that first or second read, they just go ahead and take off. But what he did, he stepped up in that pocket. He looked down the field. And he was able to find a few guys by using his legs while still scrambling around, which I thought was a very good job. And I thought, Peterson did a great job in that. I think you starting to see the reemergence of uh with Ertz with that. And I also got you gotta come in, Quez Watkins. I mean, I mean, this guy he pulled the old uh the the old uh, pivot drill. He he did a great job on that quick screening. You're starting to see that this offense is starting to tailor the guy's strengths now. And when they're able to do that, you actually use I mean, perish of thoughts, you actually use an offense that actually uses everybody's strengths and you see what the capability of this offense can do. And that goes back to kind of goes like kind of gets you frustrated. Like even though when Wentz was in there, they were struggling. Like, do you think that they should have go ahead and put Hertz in maybe a week or two early? And if that's the case, we'll be having a completely different discussion, not having to rely on Washington having to lose the next two and the Giants having to lose and everything else. It, even yes, though, uh, yes, it's, it's crazy. The, the answer to that is yes. Um, <laughs> look. Uh, you know, not to cut you off, but like, what does that also say about Carson Wentz? Does that say he's not very coachable when when scripting things to his strengths? Maybe he wants to be something else that he isn't. Um, you know, there's a lot of fuel to the fire there. Um, look, I think if we look at this offense, Jalen Hurts' uh, style of attack has been dumbed down. I think you can't just say he's been this like completely different force and this brilliant quarterback. I think he's performed very, very well. 
But I do think there's like at some point we need to pump the brakes a little bit. That said, you know, with the ESPN report being out there and the hedging report being out there, it, you know, it's got people thinking, it's got people talking. Look, the Eagles can save roughly $80 million in 2022 and beyond by trading Carson Wentz. Uh, look, they're going to have to take a $34 million cap hit, but when you, you're not paying Jalen Hurts very much and you can bring in a cheap veteran backup and you know next year's probably going to be a struggle, does it make sense to take your, your medicine now or go through this all over again and then you owe Wentz another $15 million guaranteed next year? I do think there are teams that will view Carson Wentz as redeemable. I think he's redeemable. I don't think he's ever going to be in the discussion as a top 10 quarterback again, but if you have a top 15 quarterback in this league, you stick with him. I mean, we've seen that with Jay Cutler for years. We saw that with Matt Stafford. We've seen it with, uh, you know, uh, Andy Dalton for years. Like that's what you do. And I think in the right system, Carson Wentz is very much redeemable. If you have a coach that believes in him, I just think like, for instance, I think the Broncos would be a good spot for, for Carson if, if need be. Um, I think John Elway is a guy who wants to find quarterbacks that resemble either his intelligence or his mobility or his toughness. And Carson Wentz does at least two of those things. And, you know, Rich Gangarello is here now. I don't know if he'll be here next year, but he was really influential in Drew Locke's strong finish to the season last year. Maybe you trade Carson Wentz for Drew Locke in a third. You know, I, I know that doesn't sound like a very Ugh. big. Here's the thing. Okay. All right. Let's have an honest debate here. Okay. All right. Okay. What do you really think Carson Wentz's value is? And if you're willing to get rid of him after spending a second round pick on Jalen Hurts, and you know that you don't have any leverage because the final three, you have to trade him before the third day of the league, the new league year, you have three days to make a trade, essentially. Um, uh, before you owe him another $15 million down the line. I, if I'm a team on the outside, I'd think they have no leverage, especially if Carson Wentz is linking that he wants out. Uh, so maybe the price is a second-round pick in Drew Locke, but, like, I don't know. Like, to me, I don't think you can get a one for Carson Wentz. I, I don't. I, I don't think it's possible. Uh, yes, his contract's fine. Yes, uh Teams that miss on getting one of the top three quarterbacks are still going to need a quarterback. I get it, but those teams are still probably, if you need a quarterback, you're probably picking in the top 20, and you're not shelving out a top 20 pick for Carson Wentz after the injury history that he's had, after the money you're going to have to to give him over. Yes, he's cheap for a starting quarterback, but he's still much more expensive than a rookie starting quarterback uh, in the first round. And on top of that, you've just seen him have maybe the worst season in the NFL. He's been benched for two weeks and he still leads the league in interceptions and sacks taken. So look, maybe the Patriots say, hey, we'll give you our second round pick and um, a player for him. Cool. I'm with that. But I just don't see that happening. What do you think his value is? See, I don't mind a problem with trading him to the Broncos. I just don't want Drew Locke, especially if you're going to have Jalen Hurts here. I got no problem with that. I'd rather trade him to the Patriots because I think their pick is going to be a little bit – I basically – I would rather take that in the player as opposed to that. I'd actually put, probably put – if they can get away with it, I'd probably say, hey, go ahead and give me your uh, sec, uh, third, but make it performance lease. If he goes ahead and leads him to the playoff for every game he starts and 
if he starts all 16, then it, but then you're not, but, yeah, but then you're not getting immediate return. You're not getting to use that pick this year. I, at that point, I'd, I'd rather hold off of that and see what they get. Or even if, if they get a straight up, uh, Hey, you get a two, uh, two and a two or a, th- a three this year. There's literally year, no like way they it. are getting a two and a two. You I'll, I, I'll get highlights in my hair again. If they get more than a second round pick. for this. Oh, I got to go ahead and go for this bet. This is almost like Kevin from uh, the office. If you get 10,001 odds, you got to take it. I got to go ahead and take this bet. I'll get, <laughs> I'll get highlights. If they, if they get the equivalent of a first round pick, which would be two second round picks. Uh, I'll I'll dye my hair, and I'll get an afro wig, and I'll wear it the whole entire uh, I'll wear it the whole entire first half of next season. But, go but, ahead, and walk around with that too. You, you know who you'd look like? What's his name? The drummer for the Jimmy Fallon show? Uh, oh, Questlove. The Roots. Yeah, Questlove. That's who you. Oh look yeah, I'll, like. get, I'll get the pick and everything. I'll get the pick all and right, start walking around right. with that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call you. We'll call you Chris Love. Is what we'll call you. <laughs> um, but look, but, uh, I, I I just don't. His value is at an all time low. I think last year you could have gotten to one for him. Uh, I don't, I, I just don't see it. Um, just with the leverage, like if it was pure player and he was on a rookie contract, yeah, you could probably get a one for him. But A, you're doing this to avoid spending $80 million in the future. Everyone in the league knows that. You, they, everyone in the league knows that you have three days to make this trade. Everyone knows that Wentz does not want to be here if he's the backup. Everyone knows that he's jilted by all this stuff. So if Doug and Howie are back, you really have no leverage. So you're taking what you can get in theory. Now, if there's four teams involved, you're going to take the best uh, offer. But I doubt that that comes to a first round, a 2021 first round pick. Now, if they said, hey, look, we'll give you a 2022 first round pick for him. Cool, but that's the equivalent of a second round pick. Let's see, and I think see, I'm also from the school of you go ahead and you bring it in for a quarterback competition because. But I'm from but, that but that's why you trade for Drew Locke because that way you still have the competition because either way you're not giving Jalen Hurts the job. You can't. You're see, trading what you. So okay, so then bring. But here's the thing: you have no cap space, so you're bringing in a veteran who's going to be on a look. Nate Sunfeld made. $2 million this year. Like, I mean, that's the market. So if Sudfeld's making $2 million, is Cam Newton making $6 million? I mean, I know he and Jameis Winston were incredibly underpaid, but like, I mean, who are you bringing in? Like, if I'm them, I'm trading a fifth round pick for Gardner Minshew over over paying a veteran free agent. See, I, I know he's a free agent coming up. And I wonder how much I don't know if any if a lot of players a lot of teams are going to go after him as a starter. So you may get him on the cheap and possibly, but being with Frank Reich, I go at Brissett. I think I think he could be a good, yeah. I, I like Brissett, but he's gonna he's gonna want serious money. Yeah, and that's why I think if they could play the waiting game, if they could play the waiting game out with him, I'd say go ahead for it. But I'd rather want a ve- a very veteran quarterback. I mean, hell, he's I can't believe I'm saying this, but I wouldn't mind a guy like Andy Dalton coming in here to go ahead because i well, want somebody well dalton i think's like, on a two i think dalton's yeah. on a two-year oh yeah he is, he is yeah i just want somebody like that so go ahead and, i just want somebody to be the sound of the way mccown was like for wince i want somebody to go ahead and be that guy for hurts as he goes to develop because we don't know if marty morning week's coming back he's i mean, think morning week's done a great job but as hurts mentioned he's been going ahead and he's been hanging around him learning the ins and outs of the nfl game and, and i think having somebody like that for hurts will definitely help him benefit with his growth and development if 
you know, he could be, he is the starting quarterback next year going forward. So that's why I, I, I rather have somebody like that. And if you got, if you got trade for him, if you do trade wins, you have to, if you get a veteran guy, that's not like Flacco esque money or somebody else. And I say, go for it. But that, that's, that's the thing I go. But personally, I, I, I just got this feeling that even though the timing of this announcement was weird, it, 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 it makes no sense, especially if Wentz is trying to get out to go ahead and say that doesn't hurt it, help his case because the team's going to feel like, oh, we can just sit on this. And if that's the case, you want to get out and everybody knows that it's going to be direct it back or not like a premium pick you're getting back. Might as well keep them and see what you got, especially with that cap money. So I, I just think this is all headed down to a, a quarterback competition beginning in the training camp next year. It just feels that way. I don't see that at all for, for what it's worth. Um, let's talk about this report, okay? Because here's why it helps no one. One, if the Eagles were leaking this, it makes it look like once is out. Nothing in that report says the Eagles are open to trading Carson Wentz. Not a single word in there says that they want to trade Carson Wentz. So that's not showing that they're open for business. Also, the front office and coaching staff doesn't know if they're going to be around next year. Uh, they don't know what's going to happen so, unless they've been told in the last couple of days that they are going to stick around, which I don't believe has happened. Um, I do think Howie Roseman will stick around, but I've believed that all year. I've said that several times on this podcast. Uh, I think Doug Peterson's more of a 50-50 shot, uh, maybe a 60-40 based on the way Hertz played uh, yesterday. But, I mean, I don't understand what this does for Carson. I mean, I think, if anything, it makes him look like... Um, not soft, but it, it makes it look like he doesn't want to compete for this job. It doesn't outright say he doesn't want to compete for this job, but if a guy's not willing to be a backup, how can he in good faith go into a, co a quarterback competition? That's just not, that doesn't work. And here's the problem with keeping him until training camp is you're immediately guaranteeing him $15 million for the next year. So if he loses the competition, you're increasing your dead money cap hit. You're, you're putting yourself even further in debt. And yes, their cap space in 2022 is terrific. But that doesn't seem like really smart business. And I think the, the, the way you handle an asset like this, if you're, if you're even the slightest bit sure that he is not the guy, um, you have to move him. Like, I don't know what a quarterback competition really does for you. Now, that said, there's two games left. If Hertz turns into a pumpkin, it's a completely different discussion. But if he continues to play the way he has, I can't imagine uh them sticking sticking with 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 a quarterback competition because really that's the best case scenario for Carson Wentz right now I can't imagine they just hand the job back to him um and that's based on that report is what he wants uh I don't think that says a lot of look maybe he hasn't said it but his people have said it um and it's leaked to other people uh look I don't think he would mind a, a change of scenery personally based on what I've heard and what I've seen um, and look, the city is rough. Uh, he was, he look to Carson's credit. Uh, he's been through a lot. He's overcome a lot. Um, he's also had a lot thrown in his way. He's had a lot of obstacles that are in and out of his control. Uh, but the reality of the situation is, as a general manager, um, Howie Roseman has to worry about his bottom line. He has to worry about his job and, and the team as a whole and not Carson Wentz. And I think, you know, we have obviously, just killed that Hertz pick several times in the media, all of us. But 
a GM's job is to find the most valuable talent possible. And not only has he found uh, a very good player in Jalen Hurts, it appears, but he's done it at the most important position in all of sports. And I think that eventually we're going to have to come around to maybe we were wrong about this second round pick. Look, the thought process behind it was not uh, agreeable. I think that Jalen Hurts would have been available in the third round. Um, probably not where they picked, but they could have traded up. They had several picks. Um, I just think this is a situation that the Eagles have found themselves in and they didn't expect to be in. They didn't expect Carson Wentz to regress to, uh, Brennan Allen and Mark Sanchez style play. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts was a cheap backup premium backup, which they always invest in premium backups, by the way. Uh, but they couldn't afford to pay for a guy. So they spent the worth in draft picks. And Jalen Hurts was supposed to be a long-term guy, a potential long-term Nick Foles, A.J. Feely type, who could come in and win games and fill in uh, if Carson suffered a minor injury. And then if he suffered a major injury, you've got a premium guy on your bench. Uh, instead, this isn't an injury issue. This is a... Uh, talent issue and a regression issue and so now the Eagles need to figure out well gee golly um, what do you do now you brought up Matt Pryor earlier a lot of people are going to look at this game and and say well uh, Jalen Hurts was moved around a lot in the pocket and uh, you know they let him throw the ball down the field in a way that Carson Wentz really wasn't allowed to he was able to move out of the pocket they had designed runs they scheme guys open well listen when you have matt Pryor's your right tackle who is a human turnstile uh who isn't even a very good guard by the way uh that's a problem he's just not athletic enough to play right tackle so they had to scheme around having a bad right tackle uh which you said last week it speaks to how they feel about brett toth but like i don't i would not be surprised if brett's a starter in the next two games um Chris, where do you think, I mean, you already said that you think that they should go to a quarterback competition, or at least that's what your gut feels. What do you think the right move is? In regards to uh, the right tackle or just overall when it comes to... uh, No, in quarterback. So Doug Peterson, let's say, in this hypothetical, Doug Peterson's here, Howie Roseman's here. What are you doing at quarterback? I'm going ahead, I'm bringing, I'm still bringing them back both for go ahead and compete. I think even with a... even when, if both of them are here, you have to see what you can do. Because if you say you have a talent, because if you have Hurts regresses or, or teams going to have an offseason, go ahead and take a look at the tape that they have on them, and they go ahead and find out, hey, you know what, we can go ahead and stop him in the middle and he doesn't adjust, you're going to need to go back to somebody to go ahead and have a fallback option. And then if you don't have somebody that's really good, then you're back to where you were circa 2016. And you're in that quarterback hell where you're trying to find out try to find a leader of your franchise so i still think the best thing for this team is to go ahead and have that competition i think the i think another way is even though we know how he is a is a general manager them bringing in dorsey i think that also curious to see what he thinks about the quarterbacks as well too and i think that i think that was an alarming move that he even though he's a he's acting he's been acting as a consultant the fact that the uh, eagles brought him in to do so i think that's kind of telling on what they thought about their uh, analysis for their player their player personnel. So I think there's I think that's a wild card that's going to go on and even if he's brought in even if he does even if he's 
goes to on interviews to become a general manager and doesn't get it, do the Eagles bring him back? You still have him looming around as well, too. So I think there's so many moving parts in this whole decision is 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 crazy. But I still think the best thing to do as the trash truck goes ahead and honks is go ahead and say, I think it's best to go ahead and just bring a competition to see and bring out the best because you can't I don't think you can go wrong with doing that. Well, Carson Wentz is playing like the worst quarterback in the league under Doug Peterson. So I don't know what the option is. You've also just seen him watch from the sideline as a kid played much better in his place. Um, I just think this, this team need like, look, this has been a year after year after year issue where um, either you're worried about Carson Wentz's injury history or you're worried about Nick Foles or, you know, uh, there's something going on. Like Carson Wentz is like adversity uh, is like drawn to adversity. <laughs> like it's it's unfortunate. Like he it really is because we we should say he's a great guy, really good person, uh, and it, it it's really a shame that this has all happened. But it's the reality of the situation. I would almost rather bring in somebody else to compete with Hertz. And here's the thing. If you bomb, which you might, you'll have a top 10 pick and you can look for another quarterback. I, I just don't. And you'll have cap space to where you can bring in a veteran quarterback if you need to. So like 22, 22 is the, the sun at the end of the, like the trail. Um, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> You're going from being stuck under, stuck in a well to climbing out and being able to, you know, do whatever you want. 2022 is a really good cap situation here. Let's look at, let's look at over the cap. I'm going to go here because it, it like, really, if you think about it, like even with like, if, if they get Wentz off the books, this isn't even with Wentz off the books. Hold on one second. My computer's being kind of goofy. Um, over the cab, what are you doing? Um, Let's see. Uh, I found it. Uh, here we go. Uh, 2022 looks like they have $50 million in cap space right and that's, now. Okay. And that's without getting Carson off the books, which would probably give them about $70 million. Think about that. $70 million to play with. $70 million to burn. Like, that's yes. wild. It is, but you guys still have to see who's going to be available. You guys still know what system you're using. You got to see what coach you're going to use. I mean, if they bring a new but coach, that's the, you that's see the, the... But that's the same thing with having Carson Wentz stay. Like, that's my point to you. Is like, it was my point to you about Alshon Jeffrey, too. It's my point to you about Jason Peters. Like, one well, situation... How, how Alshon do yesterday? <laughs> wow. He, get, like look, look, how well, <laughs> look how well he played without Carson Wentz, uh, which says a lot, to be honest with you. But... I'm just saying, like, there are – look, you're not going to be players in free agency this year. You know you can't really build around Carson Wentz. You're not really set up for success. So what are you doing, really? Um, and I think, like, that's the the what you have to look at, right? Because if you're just going to have another middling year – you're going to put more wear and tear on Carson Wentz's body. You're going to guarantee him more money, even if he's terrible. You have to be able to rectify your mistakes. And I think the best way to do that is by, you know, getting what you can for Carson Wentz, starting over with this rebuild in spirit. Because here's the thing, Carson Wentz is 28. 
you don't want to be rebuilding with him at this point. You don't, you want to put guys around him and they have not brought in the talent in order to do that. So right now you look at a situation where, look, you want to get Carson Wentz off the books. You know that you have a massive rebuild to undertake. Jalen Hurts has three years left on his contract and he's cheap. Um, You can bring in a veteran backup to compete with them. If all fails, you'll have another top pick. There's probably a new guy in the front office. Look, this is going to be a Jeffrey Lurie decision. This is not going to be a Howie Roseman decision. And I think that's something that we also need to realize is, let's say Howie Roseman's back. Maybe he's just back for a year with John Dorsey as his assistant GM. And if if Howie can't get out of this mess, he'll have to clear up the cap space. He'll have to you know, figure out the quarterback position with you as the owner. Um and then if it all fails, you know, you have Howie Roseman to scapegoat. You have Doug Peterson to scapegoat if he's still here. And then you rebuild. You you have all this cap space for 2022. You have these draft picks that you'll have for 2022. A lot of guys are going to leave in free agency. You probably have comp- compensatory picks in 2022 as well. You'll have 10 draft picks with three compensatory picks in 2021 at minimum if you don't trade Wentz. I just think now's the time to kind of bite the bullet, take the medicine, and really reshape the way this organization is because the Cardinals game showed you that there are some promising pieces here and some guys who, if given time, Travis Fulgham, Quez Watkins, uh, Alex Singleton, um, Michael Jaquette, uh, et cetera, Jalen Hurts, who, if given the right amount of time and the right amount of seasoning, can bounce back and be assets. And I think that's what you kind of have to take away from that. But you also have to take away from the fact that the rest of the roster is plummeting your the value of the team. And I think, look, Jason Kelsey might retire next year. Um, Jason Peters isn't going to be back. Deshaun Jackson isn't going to be back. Alshon Jeffrey isn't going to be back. Uh, Jalen Rager has battled a bunch of injuries. Uh, and didn't have an offseason. None of these rookies had a true offseason. Let's see what a young team can do because, like I said, yesterday was fun because they were winning with a bunch of young guys and Alshon Jeffrey, not Alshon Jeffrey, Jason Peters, and a bunch of old guys. So that's what I think you need to take away from this. That's my stand. That's my rant. Um, Real quickly, what do you think this all means for Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman? Where are you at with the Jalen Hurts effect on on those two men? I still think I still think it's around sixty. Like you mentioned, sixty forty. I I really still think that uh, Peterson is going to be coming back. I really do. Unless, and I think there's two key things that I saw that he's doing. He's got a young quarterback he's working with right now, which is proving that he can go ahead and he still knows how to coach and the offense still goes. And secondly, his team is still playing very hard for. Him. I mean. You're four. You're going four and one going into that game. You had to travel out west. You still have a. You had a fledgling chance of still winning division. And this team played spirited football. They went. At, they went out there, busted their butts and everything else. And you, you saw the effort. And they were all willing to lay down on it. And they really are truly buying into this next man up mentality. And I think when you see you have a coach who's still able to go ahead and get that even with this situation that's out there and you still have the veterans still believing in them and which is in turn, go ahead and trickling down to the rookies. I think those two things itself go ahead and show, Hey, you know what? He's not a bad coach. He may do some things that you question a lot of times, but certainly knows they deserve to be questioned. But I think when you look at the overall thing, he's still going to be, I think he still will be the head coach and still warrants to be the head coach of this football team. What do you think? Do you think he's coming back? I, I mean, like I'm kind of like up in the air. Uh, 
you know, I think Doug gets a lot more flack than he probably deserves. That said, um, I, I look, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's like, it's very confusing because he doesn't really help himself publicly. Um, I do think his offense has become extremely boring. Look, there are going to be firings on, on this staff. I think Dave Phipp should be shaking his shoes right now. Um, uh, you know, I don't know what the situation is with Jim Schwartz's contract. If he signed an extension, they're very secretive with that. But uh, I think he's done an okay job, but it wouldn't shock me if they wanted to see if Matt Burke could be a cheaper, uh, different influence, a defensive coordinator. Um, you look at... Uh, um, you know, linebackers coach that they need to change there with Flagel. Um, I think Mark Juan Manuel's done a relatively good job. Obviously, the interceptions aren't there, but I think relatively they've played well, especially with all the injuries they've had. Um, I think Rodney McLeod, before he got in, injured, was playing his best season uh, since the Super Bowl uh, year. Um, I think Jalen Mills has really kind of. Uh, proven a lot of people wrong. A strong safety he hasn't been perfect. I don't know if he'll be back next year, but I think he's played a lot better than a lot of people want to admit. Um, and on offense, look, I think Moorhead's done all right. I mean, he's had not a lot to work with. Uh, I think Deuce is obviously terrific. You wrote a great story uh, today about minority head coaching hires and and the struggles that GMs and head coaches of color have to or candidates of color have to go through. And I think, look, Deuce Staley's a guy who I could see becoming a CEO head coach somewhere. Maybe not this year, but down the road. I think he deserves a lot more credit than he gets nationally. Um, he's really a guy who I think brings uh, a lot of talent to this um, to this staff. I think there needs to be less voices um, if, if you are keeping Doug Peterson. Like, he needs to either be a guy who trusts in his own creativity or he needs to give up play calling. Um, I tend to lean towards the latter. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't think it helps having him be the play caller at this point. And I think everything he does is pretty stale. I'd rather him focus on the big picture and be a CEO head coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like a 60-40, 50-50 sort of deal. If they win the next two games and sneak into the playoffs, he's definitely staying. But if they split the next two and Jalen Hurts looks as good as he has, I think he's staying too. I, I just don't know what's sustainable at this point. Um, yeah, it's a weird situation. Um, because really, in, in reality, in any other city, a guy who won a Super Bowl uh, three years ago would not be on the hot seat, no matter what. So... That's true. Um, <laughs> that's very, very but true. it's Philly and that's where we're at. Um, we love you, Philly. Anyway, so you can, uh, make sure you sign up for Eagles extra. Um, we've put out some really great content this morning, uh, behind the scenes on how Jalen hurts became, uh, the unwavering Oak that he has become. I mean, the guy just, you know, he's not deterred by anything. Uh, I spoke and to a lot. Do you mind of people. if I, Oh. I, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just I, I was going to say that. I mean, you guys really should read this. I mean, Mike did a great job going ahead and getting to learn what makes this guy tick and, and and the little ins and outs of what's going on, why he's been poised so far in that one. So I just want to – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I say kudos to you, man, for doing a great job on that story. 
Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, getting a lot of good feedback about it. But I think, look, I, I think we've come out swinging. Look, um, you know, and just because the season seems out of focus doesn't mean we're going to stop uh, bringing the heat and, and bring you that great content that you expect from us. Remember, again, you can sign up for Eagles Extra on nj.com slash text. You can download the No Huddle Show podcast wherever podcasts are available. For Chris, I'm Mike. Thanks for tuning in.